Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker, as well as the co-founder of emc2learning.com, the greatest community of educators around. We celebrated a bit of a milestone on EMC2. John and I posted our 300th sort of resource, and I actually want to specify 300th activity so resource <clears throat> not counting things like courses and all these other things that are on the site. So wow, couldn't believe it. 300th. That's crazy. We're we're approaching you could do an EMC2 resource two resources a day every day for the school year, which would be <laughs> insane. Uh, but that's a lot of choice and I'm really proud of that so I want to celebrate that. Well played podcast is part of the On Podcast Media Network. And today is season five, episode 34. Cannot believe that we've rounded so many corners together. If you're new, uh, welcome. This well-played podcast today is all going to be about traditions in your classroom. I'll just kind of a general look at traditions and thinking about how we can fuse those traditions, how we can be intentional about creating some traditions of our own in the classroom. So here we are <clears throat> at the start of this podcast. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm shooting this podcast kind of the week before uh, Thanksgiving. So we know we're coming up on Thanksgiving. We have Hanukkah. We got Christmas. Uh, these are all traditions, right? We see them coming. We know what they mean uh some of us have warm and fuzzy feelings about them and we kind of can't wait we conjure up the the memory and the and the like sensory memory of food and sense that happen around these uh, as well as kind of we can close our eyes and picture kind of the decorations that go around the house uh and and there's just a shift we'll say that right uh you know, if anything, I could say in some respects, holidays maybe are a bit gamified or at very least we apply a theme to them, right? <clears throat> We've seen this in classrooms all the time where they, you know, pull out the turkey sort of decorations, right? And we kind of color everything in fall colors and, and a shade of brown. And <clears throat> then we get to that winter break, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas and we start to decorate things with a little more snow, snow covered things. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, right? That here we are on this channel talking about gamification and how we kind of create micro theming in our classrooms. And the reality is it's already woven into our societies, this idea of micro-theming. We go through these kind of ebbs and flows. You can see it as you walk through Target, right, as they change one season for the next season and just look at the advertisements, look what's there. Be aware of your surroundings. You are constantly in gamified experiences in some respects, this micro-theming uh, connected to sort of a macro situation. And I think we could do the same thing in our classrooms. And I don't mean about these particular holidays. I mean, this is the power of micro-theming, right? That it can conjure up those feelings, those emotions, those connections with just a couple of shades of paint, uh, changing it from that fall color, right? 
uh, we can kind of immediately get that like, oh, like, yeah, Thanksgiving's around the corner. Uh, just from that color palette. So what are ways we can, as educators, do a similar thing in our classrooms? Where can we... Well, I shouldn't move right on. Like, I want you to think about this, right? So often, I think we fly through content and we don't process content. And I think we we need to deeply think about some of these things. And so when we're talking about micro-theming, this is something we do all the time in a gamified class. You either have a macro-theme, with that being the overarching theme that you may play for the entire year. So my kids exist inside the macro theme of the realm of nobles, which is a medieval society in which they find themselves trying to vie to be the, like the house with sort of the greatest riches, if you will. And so they're gaining this experience points together as a period. That's the macro theme. But if you zoom in on any given day, any given unit, we have micro-theming, right? And this sort of thing that could exist just for the unit. So for example, I am currently in the China unit and we are going to this school uh, to learn some ancient techniques, you know, and it's it's all themed around being in China and learning this stuff. That's the micro-theme for China. But then if you zoom in to any given day, now you could be talking about experiences like we just did our first triple threat throwdown from EMC2 and oh man was it great man did the kids love it and man were they constantly working with the content it was so awesome to see but going back to the theme I used dojo dust up right so this the theme of the particular activity was our dojos were under attack and we needed to sort of like you know kind of work with this content to sort of gain quote unquote these artifacts which really were just pieces of knowledge that we were getting from the activity that we were doing. Um, but so you, you see we have the, that has nothing to do with Realm of Nobles. Like Realm of Nobles is a medieval society basically based in Europe. You know, think castles, queens, whatnot, uh, kings. So this this is pretty powerful, right? That we can have the macro theme exist and students are willing to accept, I don't know if I want to say weird, but willing to accept uh, micro themes that don't necessarily align with the macro theme. And I want you to kind of hear that for those of you that are new gamifiers and want to go all in and you're, you're scared by that daunting fact of like, Oh my gosh, I now need to sort of funnel everything through my macro theme, whether it be space, whether it be pirates, whether it be like some lost world, dystopian world, whatever. And this is just simply not true. In my experience, I have found that kids like the macro, but they also sometimes like the micro as a vignette, as a like, I shouldn't even say vignette because vignette would be like a a scene from inside the, the macro, as an escape from the macro. So like my kids over the years of gamifying have really enjoyed also having today's experience be like, oh, we are in outer space. That is nothing. I don't even try to connect it to my game, my big, large macro theme. I just, today's theme is we're doing this activity and this activity says we're in outer space collecting this stuff. Uh, and I have found there is no problem with that. 
So for those of you that are worried about continuing to use the same theme and will you generate enough ideas, enough content, enough like storyline to continue to sustain a single gamified theme throughout, know that you can use this sort of safety valve of micro-theming in which students are okay with the micro-theming. I love it that you know you can do this, that you can be in an Indiana Jones world and then all of a sudden find yourself in space firing aliens without Indiana Jones. Like, don't even try to connect those two. In fact, that would be a suggestion I'd make. If it doesn't make sense, but yet you want to do that activity and that micro-theming because you think it would be fun, don't worry about it, but don't try to connect it then, right? Or connect it that they can earn a badge for your game, but kind of say it like a separate, you know, like, oof, I'm looking for these skills, this these things to happen. And if they do, like, or the winner of this activity, the winner of this space battle can also earn, also earn, that's the kind of transitional sentence there, also earn a badge for you know, Realm of Nobles or power up in Realm of Nobles or XP in Realm of Nobles. But you kind of almost say it like it's a separate thing. Like we're doing this over here, but they could also earn this other thing that works over here. I think that that totally works and is fine. Now, for some of you that are like, I don't even know if you're still listening at this point, but if some of you are like, well, I'm not doing the big theme, then do I have to concern myself with micro theming? And does it matter that I switch micro themes often? Again, see no problem with this. So definitely think about these different themes that you're going to sort of change in and out, in and out, in and out. All right. Now, (laughs) I mean, we spent a heck of a lot of time on this short podcast talking about micro and macro theming. And you're kind of like, what does this have to do with traditions? Well, I just think about in my own class, I have some units that I have taken to making taking the time to cultivate a bit of lore around some units. So just like you do Thanksgiving, just like you do, uh, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, my students can sort of my students know. For example, my probably biggest known unit outside of the sixth grade is my um, Greece unit, or you could say just in general, the idea of my gamified class is a popular sort of like they know that's coming like fifth graders know about that. And when they get into sixth grade, they're kind of excited about doing the gamified class, but let's just, let's focus on this Greek unit. How do I make it so that there's this tradition and part of a tradition is that it has to be known, right? Or at least especially in our classes where we only teach these kids for one year. So you can't set, yearly traditions without letting them know about the yearly tradition ahead of time. So I use things like lunch announcements to sort of announce which of the city states is winning in the Olympics. This helps get other kids to know about it and remind older kids about, uh, you know, that this is going on. Like there, there's this piece of history that they participated in. And now it's happening for others. And it creates this energy and this excitement, this enthusiasm. It is kind of the equivalent of Target changing the color palette and color scheme for whatever season we're in. There's an excitement. There's a jubilee that happens uh, for everyone when we see that change of season. Uh, maybe not for all of you as we change into winter. That, that sometimes can be a hard one for people. I like all the four seasons, so I'm excited. 
And the other thing to think about is like ways to get that kind of message out and ways to weave it in to even your classroom. So I'm thinking about when students are walking in doing the bell ringer and some kid asks you a question about, you know, you know, how hard is this unit or do you like this unit? I sometimes use those as opportunities to talk about those future units. Like, oh yeah, you know, I like this unit, but I'm really excited. Like two units from now, we're going to start that grease unit. And I'm just so excited to see like who wins this year or oh, I just can't wait for, for you guys to try the challenges that are in that unit. You're dropping these clues, these hints at this tradition, this rite of passage maybe is what I should say that for years people have experienced this. And this is what you get. This is one of the powerful things you can do when you start to think through your class, not as an, as a single, what am I doing this week? But if you start to think, I want to build experiences in which might become a tradition in my class that you might do that grease unit time and time again. And for many of us, scope and sequence wise, we will do a grease unit or whatever the case may be. You know, you may do your fractions unit every year. So if you're going to do your fractions unit every year, think of a tradition you can build around it in which you kids can kind of get fired up and excited and can't wait for that unit. And when they're in it, there's this sort of magic that happens where they're like, I'm in, I'm, I'm here, I made it. I am, and that's part of that tradition, right? Like that rite of passage. Like they have, kids have driven or ridden in cars for years and years and years. And there's that rite of passage where there's this cognitive moment when they're like, oh my gosh, I'm driving. Like I've made it, I've made it to the mountaintop that I've waited for oh so long to get here. Um, and that is a value that traditions have that we could weave more into our classrooms. And I hope we do. I really hope you guys listen to this podcast and you think about ways to build in your own traditions into your classrooms uh, and, and more specifically into your units. And if you know, if you think about the themes that are around us and the power that themes have, I hope you think about applying some themes to some of the things you do, even the activities, if not the units, if not the course. Of course, all of that can be helped on EMC2, so I hope you check out emc2learning.com. It's a wonderful community. We'd love to have you, and we have some special Black Friday pricing. It's going to go through Black Friday all the way through Cyber Monday. So definitely check those things out. We'd love to have you. Invite your friend. If you are a part of the community, invite your friend. Tell them to pick it up. It is a great place to, to be a part of. All right, everyone. That is all we have for today. So I hope you guys enjoy the day and get out there and play on.